Welcome to this week's Energy Show. Now, California continues to lead the country when it comes to clean and inexpensive energy. Here's an example. In May, the California Energy Commission passed a new rule that goes into effect on January 1st, 2020. This is a really big deal. This rule requires that all new homes have a rooftop photovoltaic system sized to zero out their annual electrical usage. Now, the rule applies to all new homes and apartments and condos under three stories tall. And the rule also includes an option to add an energy storage system. This is a really big deal. I got lots of calls and emails from people in in favor of and against this new rule over the past few weeks. The positives and the things that I really like about this new rule is that new home buyers will definitely save money. You know, we've done hundreds and hundreds of installations on new homes, and it works out really, really well for the homeowner. And here's why. And these are numbers from the California Energy Commission, and, and I actually think they're fairly conservative when they're looking at the benefits. Here's what the CEC analyzed and, and determined. The cost of a new system on a mortgage, so everybody buys a house, they put a mortgage on the house, the cost of that new system would be an extra $80 a month on a typical mortgage, and that's without the tax credit. The monthly savings with current electric bills are estimated to be about $40 a month. So the net monthly savings, $80 cost on your mortgage, $40 savings, is about $40 a month. That's almost $500 a year. So every new home that has solar on it's going to come out $500 cash flow positive every year. It's more money in the home buyer's pocket. And it doesn't really cost them anything because they're just going to put it onto the mortgage. It's good for new homes. It's good for new home buyers. But it's also good because I think it's going to increase the awareness of solar on residential rooftops. And people are going to think, hey, you know, if it's on a new home, they're building that development, Every house has solar on it. It must be good. And quite frankly, it is good. But there's some negatives here. And I got some pushback from people. I was actually on a radio show where somebody was spouting off about this is terrible. The main reason people have a visceral reaction against mandates, they don't want to be told what to do. And, you know, this is something that is going to slightly increase the cost of a home. Now, keep in mind that there's a lot of mandates out there because we're trying to, you know, help people. Seatbelts are mandated, too. It's a safety thing. There's a lot of other things that go into your home. Insulation, guarantees, certain kinds of equipment. It's all mandated. And now solar's being mandated. No big deal. It will increase the cost of a home a little bit. And, you know, homes in California are already really expensive. So it's true that these costs are going to go up a little bit, but there's going to be absolutely positively net savings for virtually every single homeowner. I almost can't think of a situation in which there wouldn't be a savings. You know, obviously, if you're building a house in the woods or in a cave, you're not going to be required to put solar on. There's going to be other things you can do. But any sunny rooftop is going to make sense. Now, let's dive into the details of what this really means. All right, first question is, well, how many new homes are built in California every year? Now, the California Energy Commission worked with a group called the Energy and Environmental Economics Company. We call them E3. They did this analysis for CEC, looking at the, the potential, the market, the savings, et cetera, et cetera. Reasonably objective. There's about 75,000 new homes that are projected to be built in California in 2020. So assuming that most of these have you can assume most of these are going to have solar. Now, keep in mind also that the rule goes into effect on January 1st, 2020. And the way builders and anybody doing construction works is if solar's on the building permit required on the building permit, then you have to put it on. But a lot of the building permits are gotten in advance. So builders building homes for 2020, they started planning for those homes in 2019, maybe even 2018. So they're already going to have building permits for a lot of those. 
So the ones that for which they already have building permits done before January 1st, 2020, they're not going to require solar. But you know, my guess is they're still going to put it on. So you look at 75,000 new homes. That's what we're going to hit probably in 2021, 2020, maybe, heck, I don't know, 50,000 50, new homes or so. Okay, next question. How big will these solar systems be? Well, you can kind of look and see what the average size of a PV system, a photovoltaic system is on a residential retrofit house, somebody that already has a house, they want to add solar on. The average size is about 6.7 kilowatts. That's because there's some homes that have really big electric bills, lots of roof space, they want to put in a big system. But a lot of the new homes have kind of funky roofs and you end up putting smaller systems in. Also, all these new homes, you got to remember, they're going to be brand new homes. They're going to be very energy efficient. They're going to be highly insulated. There's going to be a lot of other things that are going to require less uh, energy use and less electricity. So E3 with the CEC decided, they determined that the average system size for new homes is going to be about 4 kilowatts. Now, also, you got to remember, builders aren't going to put in a really big system unless they know the homeowner really wants to buy it. So a lot of times what happens is they'll put in, quote, a starter system, unquote. They'll leave room to expand it. So, you know, when I kind of look at a four kilowatt system on a typical house these days, rarely going to meet the needs, especially if you have air conditioning or a pool. If somebody's building a new home and it's all electric, and there are a lot of homes that are all electric right now, heat pump hot water heaters, heat pump heating systems, and air conditioning is obviously electric, I probably have to add another three or four kilowatts up to like a seven or eight kilowatt system if you want to provide all the power you need. And obviously, if you have an electric vehicle, you're going to need a little, need a little bit more. But you know, just for 2021, kind of when this thing gets rolling, let's assume that there's 75,000 new homes at four kilowatts each. That's another 300 megawatts of solar that's going to go onto residential rooftops in 2021 that wouldn't have otherwise happened. Yeah, some of the new homes put it on slowly, but you know, not to the tune of 300 megawatts. So that's really good. All right, so next question. All right, 300 megawatts of systems, 75,000 homes. How much is this going to cost? What's the cost of the system going to go into this new home? This is kind of tricky also. The average retrofit system in California cost about $3.75 a watt. Now, you can get systems for less than $3 a watt with really inexpensive equipment, lower efficiency panels, contractors that are cutting corners left and right. But California has a higher cost than most of the rest of the country, mainly because of the labor costs. So it's going to be a different number than the average retrofit. We'll talk about that more. And the reason is it's going to be different is there's two ways that homes are being built. You have production homes built by big builders like Lennar and Shea Homes. They might build a 100 homes at once in a development or more. And then you have the custom homes where a builder might build like two or three homes. This is a local builder. They're kind of experts and they're, they're really customized. It's not like rubber stamped out. The production homes, when you're putting solar on those production homes and every home in a development has solar, they end up being very cost effective, much, much cheaper. Every home plan has solar built in. They've got a location for the inverter in the garage. They've got conduit going up to the roof. They know exactly where everything's going to go. And it's all done kind of rubber stamped. The, the contract contractors, the different contractors come in and the, the crews are very, very specialized. Whereas custom homes, and we've done a lot of custom homes, they're more expensive because it's very time consuming. The architects involved, the homeowners involved, the builders involved, the plumber, the electrician, the roofer, everything changes along the way. It's not really as tightly controlled. So my expectation is since these are going to be mostly done on new production homes, the cost is going to be about two and a half dollars a watt or about $10,000. Now the ITC is still going to be in place in 2020 and 2021. 
After 2021, it's going to go to zero if the homeowner owns it. It's going to go to 10% if it's commercially owned. But these systems on these new homes are going to be high quality. It's not going to be like Schlocko equipment. The contractors are going to be good because the home builders have to provide a warranty. And the financiers are going to have to guarantee energy output. The systems are also going to include monitoring. So these are going to be nicely installed systems done by specialized, well-coordinated crews. And the costs are going to be kept down. So that's why I'm expecting two and a half dollars a watt. You may hear some numbers thrown around for less than that, but quite frankly, by the time's all said and done for a quality system, that's about the ballpark, maybe a little bit less. Okay. How much are these homeowners going to save? Well, it really depends on the electric rates in those homes, and it depends on what happens in the future, which is hard to predict. But one thing you can kind of predict is the electricity costs keep going up. And the other thing we can predict is because California's got a lot of power generated in the middle of the day from all the solar that we already have, that there's going to be time of use rates that are going to shift to later peak periods. Now, what that means is right now the peak electric rate might be 35 cents a kilowatt hour in the late afternoon and early evening and maybe 30 cents during the day. The new EV rate is 25 cents a kilowatt hour in the middle of the day when it's sunny and 45 cents a kilowatt hour in the late afternoons and evenings. So there's going to be more of a shift towards that. But just kind of working on some ballpark numbers, a four kilowatt system it's going to generate about 1,500 kilowatt hours per kilowatt, and that's going to end up to be about 6,000 kilowatt hours a year. So these new four kilowatt systems are going to generate 6,000 kilowatts, and at about 25 cents a kilowatt hour, which I'd say is kind of on the of the low side of electricity in California right now, the systems are going to save $1,500 a year. Now, the California Energy Commission expected savings are of around $1,000 a year. I think the savings are going to be greater, and also electricity rates are going to continue to go up. So that's good. So what are the paybacks going to be for these systems? With the 21% investment tax credit, keep in mind the ITC is going down. In 2021, it's the last full year of the tax credit, 21%. That $10,000 system is going to really cost $7,900. It's going to have a payback of 5.3 years. So without the investment tax credit, it's going to be 6.7 years. So let's just assume that there's no tax credit, 2022, 2023, going ahead. 6.7 years simple payback, and I think it's going to be shorter. That's a 15% tax-free rate of return. That's really good. The savings are at least twice the increase in the mortgage. If it's leased, which these, some of these are still going to be, the annual savings are going to be a little less, but still very positive. So the economics are really, really good. All right. Now, regarding these new solar systems that are going to go on every new home, who's going to do these installations? Well, we talked about it. There's two types of installations that happen on new homes. There's low-volume work that does on custom homes. There's not a lot of these new homes constructed compared to the production homes. And a lot of these low-volume systems are done by by existing specialized residential installers that have a really good reputation in their territory. So Cinnamon Energy Systems does several of these new homes a year for local builders in the area. But where this solar on new home mandate is really going to have an impact is on the high-volume production homes. 75,000 of these new homes are going to go in in 2020, and that's the vast majority of new solar construction. And the way it's done, it's kind of rubber-stamped out. They handle the solar, like the roofing and the electrical and the plumbing. They usually hire a dedicated solar contractor that just kind of cranks these out. It works out very smoothly, but... It's a project management nightmare. Working for a lot of these big builders, the economics are really tight. The installers typically bid on a large quantity of homes. So the developer may be putting 100 homes in a certain area. They're going to ask for bids from local companies that are really equipped to do all these systems at once. And sometimes the builders are going to get special deals directly from the manufacturer. 
on the solar panels, the inverters, things like that. The electricians are probably going to do a lot of the wiring. And they're going to do the permits in a kind of a mass production fashion. They're going to bang these things out. They may have four or five different house designs. <laughs> solar gets a little tricky because you have four or five different house designs, and then obviously you're not going to put the solar on the same side of the roof on every single home because some homes maybe have the south roof facing the street. Some rooms may have the roof. Homes may have the north roof facing the street. Well, obviously, we want to put it on the south. So the permits have to be changed a little bit. We've been through that. But they're going to really mass produce these things. And then as the installations are done, the solar contractor is going to come in at a certain point when the roof is ready. The electrical is going to be stubbed up. They may connect into the inverter. They're going to come back when power is at the house to commission it. Then they'll come back and get the monitoring. They'll kind of bang these things out. And as I mentioned, we did 600 homes with Lennar. And it's a complicated process to do all at once. So you're going to find bigger installers who have the project management and the capability to do that. The end result you know, as we talked about it earlier, is the installations are going to go in for less money. And, you know, I'm figuring more like around two and a half dollars a watt. That still sounds high, but about two and a half dollars a watt compared to three and a half dollars a watt or more for an average home in California. And then you also keep in mind when you look at the national statistics, and NREL does a good job and Berkeley Labs do a good job of estimating this. You know, California is typically higher, but you're looking at some places like Florida and the Midwest, they're putting in solar for significantly less than we are here in California. Okay. Now, other reasons why these costs are going to be lower is that home builders are going to build hundreds of these at once. So they don't have the marketing departments, the sales departments, the customer acquisition costs. They're not spending a ton of money on that. And those customer acquisition costs, that can be 50 to 50 cents a watt on the low end, more like a dollar a watt for a lot of installers. So that's all kind of out of the way. And the design work, the financing, the engineering, the permitting, the equipment, everything else is kind of done in bulk. So there's savings there. Now, what about financing for these systems? Well, the other thing is a lot of solar installers have a financing department. They got to spend a lot of time with the customer and, and figuring out what financing works and go through the leasing process or the PPA process or the loan process. That's also expensive. Well, for these systems, in most cases, the builder is going to pay for solar just like they pay for all the other things that go into the house. So the price of the house is going to include that typical four kilowatt system. And then that price, when the homeowner buys that house, the cost of the system is just going to be rolled into the mortgage like everything else. Since the builder's paying for it, the builder's going to get the tax credit. So it's interesting when it's rolled into the mortgage, even in 2022, when the residential tax credit goes away, since the builder's a commercial entity and going to be buying commercial level systems, going to own the system, the builder's going to get that tax credit. It's kind of interesting what's going to happen there. It, the homeowner is going to basically be getting a house with solar already on it, and the builder has put it in. So there's going to be a 10% tax credit going forward um, in 2022 if the builder pays for it. Now, if the buyer decides to pay for solar with cash or lease or loan, it's going to be the same as a traditional financing deal. The buyer is going to get whatever tax credits available at the time that they decide to put solar on. So let's say they say, I'm going to buy this house. I want to customize. I want a six kilowatt system on there. They pay for that system separately. In 2021, there's going to be a tax credit. It's going to be 26% in 2020, 21% in 2021. But 
in 2022. No more residential tax credit for a residential buyer. So that's something to kind of keep in mind. But if the homeowner would decide to get this on a lease, then that would be owned by the leasing company and the leasing company would get that tax credit. So the tax credit's kind of tricky. It depends on what happens. Going ahead in 2022, as long as the solar is paid for by the builder, that system's still going to get the 10% tax credit. Okay, now another thing that I really like about this new rule at the CEC is it includes the possibility to include battery storage. And, you know, so we talked about on a number of shows and really as we're experiencing with our customers here in Silicon Valley, almost everybody is interested in getting battery storage. And the reason why they want storage is twofold. The first reason is because of blackouts and blackouts weren't so bad when, you know, we had natural gas, we had, we had a lot of other fuel sources, but a lot of these homes are going to be all electric. A lot of people have electric vehicles going forward. And even the gas appliances like your furnace and your stove, your hot water heater, your gas fireplace, even those require some electricity. So if there's a blackout, you're completely out of luck. So a lot of people want it for reliability, but the other reason people are putting in batteries is because it allows you to save even more money on your electric bills because the time of use periods have been shifted into the late afternoon and evening. As as we talked about the current EV rate in California, it's 45 cents from like 3 to 9 p.m. So if you can kind of be running on battery power at that time, you're really going to come out ahead. So that's, that's the reason why this is great. So there's a special energy storage compliance credit in this new solar homes mandate. So initially, a lot of the homes aren't going to have storage, but I think that a lot of people going forward, I mean, it's 2018 now, but a lot of people going forward, 2021, 22, 23, they're going to say, hey, these battery system prices have come down. We have time of use rates that are going to really save us money. And boy, the utilities haven't gotten any more reliable over the years. So batteries are going to start becoming kind of a key part of all these systems. All right. I'm excited about the battery potential because as with putting solar in every new home, as every new home has a battery, boy, that's really going to drive the the battery storage business. And it's really going to drive the business that integrates battery storage with inverters and solar. They're all going to be together. And as as I mentioned, we're putting a lot of battery storage systems in with cinnamon energy systems and the customers love them. All right. Where is all this going to lead? What's the end game? Initially, these rules that are done at the California Energy Commission, they're planned years and years in advance. I think initially, 10 years ago, they started targeting to have what are called net zero homes. That means that the home had no net energy consumption. Whatever you were buying in terms of natural gas was offset by, let's say, a number of extra kilowatt hours that were sent back to the electric company. So no net consumption. And you can do that. I mean, fairly straightforward to do. If you have an all-electric home, you just put in a big PV system, and you can basically have zero bill for the year. It's not that hard to do. But it's evolved in California because the greenhouse gas emissions have become much more significant, and it's evolved to minimize the greenhouse gas emissions. So the California Energy Commission has kind of shifted a little bit more towards moving towards all-electric homes and not worrying so much about net zero, but trying to minimize greenhouse gas emissions. How do you do that? Because you don't have gas, you don't have natural gas appliances. You have an electric dryer, you have an electric stove, you have a heat pump, hot water heater, heat pump heat for the home. So that's all what's happening. And you know, obviously, you know, your home's going to probably have an EV or at least an EV charger. So the electric bills are going to be higher because you're using more electricity, but there's not going to be any natural gas use, which is great. 
unless you're a gas company. And the natural gas companies hate this concept. They're fighting it. But the reality is an all-electric home is cleanest and ultimately cheapest. And I'm really a big fan of it because, you know, although my wife and I really don't like uh, conventional electric stoves, some of those new induction electric stoves are pretty darn good. So we're going to get that in the future. All right. In conclusion... This mandate of solar on all new homes in 2020 is great for the entire solar industry. The reality is most existing local installers aren't going to do a lot of this work. They're going to be special deals between production home builders and I would say the dominant biggest solar contractors and maybe new solar contractors in an area. And these home builders are going to get sweetheart deals on equipment and all the other auxiliary services. I also expect that special new home packages are going to be developed. You're going to see inverters and batteries that are going to come out that are smaller in size. I mean, really happy that SolarEdge announced a 3.8 kilowatt battery backup inverter. And these systems may have a, a smaller battery and 15 high-efficiency panels. It's going to be great. It's going to raise awareness for all non-solar, all non-battery storage homes. In other words, people are going to be driving around and say, hey, there's a new development going in. Every new home has solar. They're going to see that every day when they come go to work and come back. They're going to think about putting solar on their home. It's a no-brainer that rooftop solar saves money. All right, so that's all the time we have on this week's Energy Show. Thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in. And if you missed any of today's show, you can always go to our website at cinnamon.energy and listen to the podcast.